Alrighty, welcome back to the Simply Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Kiki Salcido, and I'm joined with my lovely wife, Christina. We have our producer, Stefan. How's it going? <laughs> How you doing, man? Good. 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 All right. Good. And uh, our today's guest, we are joined with uh, Janelle Vermillion. She's an EXP realtor. Uh, she's been in for about a year. She's with the New Mexico Realtor Group. So, Janelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so um, thank you. First of all, <laughs> this was quick and random, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I joined um, the real estate world a year ago, November, um, but I've been around for a while. I actually, um, I come from TV and radio. I don't even know that I told you no, guys you that. No, you did not tell us that. Yeah, so I um, worked in TV and radio. I started in Tejano Radio, so yes, I can do a grito or anything else that we want to do. Y'all habla espanol. Um, so I, that's where I started when I probably in 99 and I worked in TV, internet sales, radio sales, and ended up coming out here for KOAT. That's how I ended up really? out here. I'm a West Texan at heart and, uh, um, I hated it. <laughs> I didn't, I was so used to small town handshake, good old boy, West Texas out here, believe it or not, Albuquerque is a top 50 market. And it was super competitive. So I kind of, I don't know, I floundered for a while. I worked at HP, did some government contracts. I, I actually worked for CarMax, which I love. They were, it's actually a really neat company. Um, and then I, I, uh, I met a builder at church. He was cute. I was mm -hmm. a single mom. And um, we got married. So <laughs> that's Aww. how I ended up in this world. So What year was uh, that? So when, how long ago was that? That was, we married in 2011. Okay. Yeah. So that was where I entered in and, you know, they were, all the builders were just coming out of the crash and, and we were trying to decide what to do or how we wanted to move forward. I was working at HP. He actually went back to school, got a criminology degree and then finished. And I was like, what do you want to do? And he's like, oh no, build. Yeah. So <laughs> we. Well, it was um, an interesting time in the marketplace, especially for builders to try to navigate how they're kind of. Yeah. yeah. So nobody was building and, and certainly we weren't either. So we, we started flipping houses and, yeah. and it, it was, it's a, uh, I think we're going to see this again actually, but it, it was a time in the market where everything had crashed and you could pick up foreclosures and then we would do them ourselves and we would put them back on the market. So we did that for a few years and all of a sudden we found ourselves back doing custom homes and and it would just grow every year. It would be maybe one or two, then three or four, and then all of a sudden we were doing 10, 12, 15, and yeah. so it kind of exploded. Wow. So awesome. um, yeah, fast forward, building the homes. I got involved. I, I started doing the marketing. I started picking out the colors and had to have a hard talk with Jeff about um, – you know, we can't still build houses like they were in 2000. Yeah. We might want to add some closets in a Thank different you. color. Thank you for <laughs> yeah. providing that. Yes. Yeah. So that <laughs> yes. was really kind of where we became each other's yin and yang. He's very quiet. He is, he's really smart. He, the mathematics and people, young children, I don't know, know that y'all are listening to this, but they do use geometry and algebra every day. So yeah, good to know. Yeah. Good to know yeah. that it, it is useful and this trade is, is a good trade to get into. So um, yeah, so I, I think that me coming in was so different because I came from a world of constantly being in front of people. I've never worked anything but commission sales. And 
how you present yourself really does matter. And he never thought of that. I mean, this is a guy that just, he just builds houses, just give him a dirt lot and he'll build you a house. And that was it. And then he would put them up for sale. And so we we redid our plans. How would a family live in this? Because we went from, I had a daughter, he had four. We took on his nephew. We went from one, I went from one to six kids. Yeah, wow. Which was a shock to my system. I'd never had boys either. And that was a shock to my system. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we we just came together and like, how would you really want to be in this house? And we started redrawing houses, making them function better. The first Vermilion home I lived in, I had one little corner coat closet. I wouldn't even call it that. Then I'm like, what, where do you think women are going to store stuff? Like, who did you <laughs> build? not going to work. Yeah. No, and I went, this is funny. I don't know. Is this like, at least PG. Oh, no, t- we okay. swear all the time. Okay. Fine. So one thing he did do is he would build these showers that basically it's just from the master bedroom. It's a full on view. And I'm like, you're such a boy. Good for him. And yeah, yeah I know I the it. boys can grin over here. Yeah. Laugh if you want to. But oh it really was set up where he gets to watch you shower. And I'm like, um, you can pay for that i don't you know <laughs> don't need it in my home yeah good i mean luckily it was my husband but it was just some weird stuff that i was like only you would think of this of like hey wonder what the dudes would like such a shower yeah, yeah. that's awesome longer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no you missed a few places babe wash again, again. wash again <laughs> um so yeah there's there there's the rotten side of him but yeah so then fast forward to a, a little over a year ago, I had a realtor that was selling our homes and I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get my license and I'm going to be a TC. And Jeff and I owned some land down in the Northern Gila and we were going to go out there and we were just going to live off the land and grow herbs and have dogs. And, and I'm the worst TC ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Is it the paperwork part? Or? You know, here's the problem is when you do get someone and you probably have this within your group, you have that person that is really detail oriented, right? You have that person that, that sees every box. They see every line. Is that, yeah. okay. So <laughs> there's pointing going on. They can't see that. Um, there's wife pointing going on. I, I just, I'm not that person. I would be like drawing flowers on the contracts and coloring the boxes in green and purple like these that's me yeah yeah so why i thought i was ever gonna do that was really dumb to be honest it was ridiculous why i thought i could do that and and in a couple of months in i was like i hate this and I didn't want to do it. And because of how my business is set up, I, I worked for a wonderful realtor. She's very well known, um, learned a lot. And I I kind of walked away from that and decided I needed to do my own thing. And that exploded into NM Realtor Group, which has now exploded into 15 brokers that work for me. And I don't really know what happened. So I'm not even to a year yet. And I've had a, a fabulous year. So no, I'm mean, excited that's, about that's that. That's some exponential growth for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would call that definitely some exponential. So I don't always know where all this is coming from, but it went crazy. So that that's a long story squished together. There's a lot of stuff in between there that I did. I've done staging. I've done flipping. I've you know, helped with custom homes. So you've been in, you've been a, a broker for a year, about almost a year, mm-hmm. but you've been in real estate for, for quite some time. Like you know, I would years. say 
2010, 2011 is when I really started learning a lot. And, and what a great time to actually like enter the real, cause you're this, they, they like totally reformed the real estate industry. I feel like, you know, like coming out of the crash, like a lot of things changed, a lot of uh, things with lenders changed. So you could really got to, to experience like the rebuilds of what, what the crash was. Yeah. And to watch how people survived that yeah. and those that were resilient enough to find other ways to do it, you know, and the builders that survived, the realtors that survived were the ones that were willing to change their strategy. And I think that's important. Like we ought to be talking to those people now because I think we're going to have to be changing our strategy soon. Well, yeah. And mm -hmm. those, those people that change their strategies then are now some of the top producers. Now, oh, sure. Right. So. I think, you know, a lot of people, the, it's so weird because there's so many people that totally think our market's just going to stay perfect oh and gosh. they just do not see a correction or a crash or anything happening in our marketplace. And so, like, it's interesting because something's going to happen, right? We already see it. You can already see the market shifting. So Absolutely. And people that are like, oh, no, we're going to stay on this for seven years. I'm like... Wouldn't that be nice? So it's going to be interesting no. <laughs> when, you know, whenever things start to actually move and they're, you know, just like some ostriches with their head in the sand, right? They're not going to actually see anything move around them. And then they're not going to shift or change their business. And it's going to it's going to be sad. Them, yeah. yeah. Hopefully some of them will will reach out to those that I hope so that fought through it yeah. or do it their own way. Maybe they'll come up with some new strategy we've not thought of. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see. And it, and it was for me to watch. Um, and I think it was good for me to learn because I, I started, we started flipping and then I was started staging the flips. Then I started staging flips for other investors. And then all of a sudden I ended up with the Mayas group doing all of their staging consultations with Joe Mayas. And I staged most of his homes back in the day. So um, and, and I went out to every home and told people. Was this pre Maya's group or? No, they were the Maya's group back then. And it was. But I mean, was so it, they were with was KW, it, right? Was it, they, was, no, was. they were still with KW. Yeah, they were. But they yeah. weren't. Were, were they the top team in the state at that um, you point? Know what? Or were they still kind of getting up there? I think the second year I was with them was the year he beat out. Sandy. Can we say that on there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he beat out Sandy. Um, and he, I remember him just being ecstatic. I so, bet. Yeah, that's a hell of a Yeah, it was a really cool thing to be a part of that. And that was back then it was Maggie Addy and Ann Vallejos. Yeah. And Ed Macias was mm -hmm. not doing his whole real estate marketing. He was, he was, which we were all with Joe in the middle of this topsy-turvy yeah. whirlwind. And yeah, so I got to be a part of that and, cool. and talk about, you know, learning a lot through all of that, going into all these homes and, and helping people walk through that process uh, was also a good learning experience, along with flipping, along with staging, along with investing. And at the same time, Jeff's family has been investing and in brokering land here in the Albuquerque Metroplex since the 50s. Yeah. So I had this wealth of knowledge to pull from and be like, how are they doing that? Well, what does that mean? Well, why would you do that? Like, I didn't understand land leases and grandpa would... You're, there's still places you'll go to today in Albuquerque, and it's land lease. Land yeah, lease, yeah. Grandpa has since passed, but it is his land under mm -hmm. that. You know the kids that are still alive. So, um, okay. yeah. So I, I just jumped into this group that had so much knowledge, and then what a you know, great group though, because each one of those people are you know still the top within. Oh their, yeah, their own I, I mean Maggie does great, Anne is great, Joe still does well. Eddie you know, says, who's, good, good. 
company going. Yeah, yeah, and they, they're doing great. Um, Desiree Cosby is who sold all of our mm-hmm. uh, our flips. Yeah. She was one of those that changed her strategy, and and she had record record months back then yeah. selling for people like us that were doing flips. So why why did you start doing the flips? Obviously, your your husband was he your husband at the time. Yes. Okay. Was your husband, was it just because he was good at that and you were good at sales? Was that kind of like the the recipe? You know, I think there was a little bit of the recipe in that there was not a lot of new construction, not for what we do. We we are not a DR Horton or a Pulte. We are yeah. literally. Well, you're not a production builder. You're a custom n- yeah, builder, Yeah. Right? We, we only take on so many people a year yeah. and, and it's usually for a reason. Yeah. And that was just that was the strategy change. We needed to change and, and that's what we went to. And and you were able to find these homes for 50 cents on the dollar and turn around and sell them for a dollar at that time, you know, you could do that. And especially here we have somebody, he's got a lot of knowledge. We're taking these places apart and putting them back together for half the money of other investors. Cause they're hiring out all these subcontractors. Yeah. Well, we're not, we're yeah. in there with so the shovel. Saving. We're in there with, yeah. I never, was I was so glad when I wasn't dumping old tile into trash cans and hauling it right. out, or when I got to stop grouting, I was thrilled. I felt like I had, you know, I really made it. Then you made it. <laughs> like, I, I got it. I'm done. <laughs> like I have come far, people. I am no longer going to do grout. I'm not carrying anything else, and and yeah. yeah. So I I think that's why we started that. And it did just, you set out with any particular goals? We didn't, you know, we were just, I think it really everybody at that time, I would think they were just treading water and looking for a way to just reinvent themselves. Yeah. And I think we just said, okay, let, let's do it. And somebody approached us, Greg Sofio, I think he's still around today. He is so much fun. Oh my goodness. He's a, he's a broker too. And he loves to hunt for stuff. And, and he would find these things for us and he just believed in us. And he was like, I really think you guys can switch it up and do really well. And, and so we did. And yep. and that's how we got to that, that place. And, and again, I chose everything. It wasn't cause Jeff's colorblind. <laughs> oh, geez. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. What so the cool little, yeah, he's completely <laughs> colorblind. And every time he would be like, are you sure you think this color's okay. And I'm like, why are you questioning me? Like you're colorblind. Yeah. What color is it, dude, that you think you're painting with right now? <laughs> like, why, why do you want a brown house? <laughs> yeah, like You don't even know what color you're painting with. And so I really changed up some stuff we did and tried to take some bolder approaches. And, and yeah, it was funny. And, um, but yep, that's how, that's how we got there and how we, kind of turned around our world again because it was sinking for all the builders. They yeah. were all filing bankruptcy. They were all losing homes. They were losing land. It was awful. And and he he had a lot of friends that completely lost their business. No, yeah, that was, uh, you know, obviously I wasn't in the industry at that moment, but that was a terrifying time from from what I hear. You know, yeah. but the last brokerage we were at, uh, you know, there's some people that, that committed suicide during that time. So it just kind of, goes to show like how how bad things actually got. And that yeah. kind of brings me back to what I was saying earlier. Like the people that have their head, head in the sky kind of looking like nothing's going to happen. I mean, it's just the fact that they're not preparing for the worst, right? I expect the best, but prepare for the worst. That's kind of my, my yeah. mentality, right? So Yeah, and I think you have to, You ha- there has to be some grit 
to to you too. And I'm not saying that some of those people didn't, but it, it's kind of some of what we're seeing now. Like you have to be willing to get dirty. You have to be willing to go without sleep. You have to be willing to do the hard things. You have to be willing to fall on your face. And yeah. if you're not willing to do those things, you are going to, you're going to go under. And, yeah. and, and that's just the way it is. It's, it's those that put their boots back on and say, okay, I don't care how ugly this gets. I don't care what we have to do. We're going to make it. We're going to feed our family. We're going to pay our bills and, and we're going to move forward somehow. Yeah. So, so one thing that, uh, really interested me about you was you said that you like land sales and I don't think I've ever met anybody that was open aside from David that that was open about liking land sales. So explain that. So when you're a builder, you are always dirt. Yeah. You're always in dirt for one. Um, so when I'm wearing boots, it's not because well today it's a different pair of boots, but yesterday was actually funny. I was at a training and I had on, good old ropers. And, you know, I mean, it was the full look like straight from West Texas girl. (laughs) I'm in the dirt all the time. (laughs) So that was one of the things that, that got me going when we were building. But I think what got me more interested was, and this is terrible. I hope not to hurt too many realtors feelings. Maybe I do want to hurt them. Actually. Yes. I want to hurt your feelings (laughs) is I would see listings. This is before I was a broker. I would see listings and it would say electrics on the lot. Or it would say, um, you know, gas is there or great view or whatever. And, and I would go to the lot and think, um, no, that that's telephone. That's optic. There's not yep. electric for a mile. Yep. And and I would be like, what? I don't understand. And so I started talking with brokers about it. And they're like, no, no, that green box is a that's electric. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's phone. Yeah. That's not a transformer. That's not, there's no pull drop. Right. And so for me, it became, um, more of an interest of how could I share with other people to enjoy land, buy land and list land. Like you can't do the same thing and how you treat your land customers should be the same way you treat your people with a million dollar home. And that, that wasn't being done, in yeah. my opinion. And there are some great land brokers out there. They're old school guys, though, that most of them are retiring. And you're seeing that that generation leave the industry and the generation that's probably more my age in between y'all and, and them, me, they were coming in and they didn't know. They didn't know how to sell dirt. They didn't mm-hmm. understand utilities. They didn't understand sizes some interesting things to me is people would get a house drawn and then they would go out and buy the lot and the house doesn't fit on the lot like you know but and i would talk to other brokers about that and they're like well yeah we were just looking for a lot and this was the right price and i'm like but your house doesn't fit on it what are you i mean (laughs) you're going to be (laughs) encroaching you got no side yard you i you know so it was stuff like that that i didn't realize (laughs) so many people didn't know. And I'm in it all the time. And what a builder is looking at and what someone else is looking at could be the difference between $50,000, $60,000. And, and I've had um, a lot of that, lots of examples of that. But, you know, somebody would go buy a lot and the lot goes straight down into an arroyo. Yeah. Well, now there's so much 
that I have to do as a builder, right? So I have to get what's called grading and drainage engineering. Mm-hmm. I have to um, have a topographer in there. I have to have a surveyor in there. And all of that has to be turned in, whether you're in Albuquerque or Corrales or Rio Rancho. Um, you have to turn in these these engineerings. And can you build there? And then if you can, one lady, in fact, the house we signed on today, they had to bring in almost $30,000 worth of dirt. That's yeah. before the foundation. Oh, yeah. They loved their lot, though, and they thought it was this awesome lot. And, and now it is. We finished. It was a lot of work. It was more money than they thought. Um, but there was a lot of things that could have probably been avoided had they talked to a builder first. And, and that's what, if I, you know, could tell people when you're looking at land, like, learn it, go and go, you're welcome to call me or go with somebody else that knows land, learn what's really on it. Yeah. First of all, do not tell somebody there's electric on it and also know where your lot's at. Yes. Don't oh mark it oh here in the MLS. So yeah. And then it's, you're actually, you know, 18 blocks off. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some things that are really important and people don't know that a house is easier to build when the lots above the road is what we would say. A foot above the road and you don't have to have all that engineering. If you're below the road, then all of a sudden you've added, you have to have um, earthworks come in and and do dirt testing. You have to have a grading and drainage engineer come in and those aren't free. You know, they don't come by and be like, here's your sample. (laughs) I think brokers are just like, oh, it's dirt. Like just throw up a sign and like someone will buy it. Like that's. Well, the way that they comp dirt too. I mean, they they just take it for. Like that's statistical value. And like you said, there's a lot of nuances with it, right? Like if you're on a steep, like if the topography is just totally off, right? You can't value it the same as like something that's flat or above grade or something like that, right? No. Yeah. You'll have some people that will be like, oh yeah, I know this lot's near this one. But I'm like, well, that one's on public utility. This one, they have to drill a well in septic. This one doesn't have this. This one's in the village. This one's not. And people just don't understand different things. They just say it's dirt and it's only... Fifty thousand dollars. I don't need to do anything. It's not a house. No. There's no adverse material facts for it, and any of that stuff. No, it's and so it's so much more complicated than that. And I think even just something as simple as the arroyos that we have around here. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people don't know this, but wherever the arroyo enters the lot and wherever it exits must remain the same. So then you have to have an engineer that's familiar with. Um, like how the water should flow Mm -hmm. and all this math that would make me dizzy that has to be done before you can build on it. And so you don't think about those things. And so somebody's like, Oh my gosh, I love this. And I'm like, there's an arroyo through the middle of your land. Well, they're like, well, can you move it? No, I cannot move an arroyo. (laughs) You know, I don't mother nature. She's not happy about that. She chose where she wanted that. Yeah. She, (laughs) she didn't ask for your permission people to where you want that arroyo and you can try and you can try bridges and you, but you know, I, I I know um, a family member actually that built back up to an arroyo and they've lost already 20% of their land that they bought. And it just, you know, it just washes away. And so you know, I think being knowledgeable about that and, and that I don't know why that intrigued me. It seems silly, right? That something like dirt would intrigue you. But for me, it There's was opportunity and what you can do with it. No, but I'm on the same cool. vein. I mean, I started getting more and more into commercial sales. And so I do a lot of commercial vacant land and the amount of and that's what I love about it is it's the amount that goes into it. Right. Because yeah. like I could sell an office building and it's just an office building. But like with dirt, like knowing 
the different levels and the, you know, the soil samples and all that stuff. Like it's fun. Like it's a fun thing. And, and for me, I know it and 90% of everybody else doesn't know it. So I just became more valuable. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of been, and, and I love to do, um, I do field trips is what I call them. But I got this, this was after I became a broker, actually. Um, I would invite girls to come on job sites and I would be like, look, let's not be the dumb girls. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's not, I hate that when we go to stuff, we should, there shouldn't be because you're a female. You're like, Oh, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, and I realized that at some point in school, I always joke about this. I think that boys get pulled apart in junior high and you're taught what a wrench is. I don't know how y'all automatically knew this stuff. And we get pulled aside and we know how to make baking powder out of some vinegar and soda, you know, I mean, (laughs) I don't know why, but there is this, this like gender gap. There really is. And, and, and to, to kind of narrow that down, I would take girls on a field trip and I'd be like, okay, this is a rough end and this is a foundation. And so if they're doing a foundation inspection and you have a new build, this is what happens. Or if you're even on a house that's 20 years old and they're saying, oh, the, the pipes are bad. Well, you know, some of them were like, well, where are they bad at? Are they not in the foundation or, you know, is this house a pier and beam house? Is this a, and so teaching them those different steps and those different things. Now they, when they look at an inspection, they can look at it with so much more knowledge and, and speak to their clients with confidence about framing, about electric, about insulation, about the different types of roofs, the the different types of windows, the different, everything that might go into synthetic stucco to regular stucco, or maybe you have siding, like know all of those things and let's learn them so that when we go out, we're talking with confidence and then we're not, well, you know, let me check in with a contractor. I don't know the answer to all of that. No, you can, you can learn a general idea and know (laughs) where to steer them maybe sometimes and things like that. Cause there's so many brokers that just don't want to learn things. I was bad in the beginning. I didn't want to learn anything. And I would just go, and he was always with me. So I'd be like, yeah, go talk to Kiki. And then we started splitting up and doing our showings and we'd be doing like the higher end deals or like new builds and stuff. And we had, was selling for other builders. And I was like, shoot, I have to learn this stuff because Kiki's not with me all the time. I'm gonna look like an idiot. So, and some brokers take the approach that I did. I was like, I don't need to know that. I can sell it. I don't need to know all that stuff. And I was really bad that way. So I think brokers need to. One thing I love about brokers that have either worked with a builder or a builder or, you know, some combination of the two is the product knowledge that you guys bring to the the industry. And that is such a huge, that that's just something that's lacking. So, so greatly within our industry is the product knowledge. I mean, you're selling something that you don't even know what the hell it is. I mean, I, I hate walking in with another broker and they don't know, what type of countertop that is or, you know, type of cabinets or like, it's just something so simple, but it, it, it makes such a big difference as far as even the experience that the buyer is having or, you know, the, the comfort level that they have knowing that like, Hey, this is a higher end, this is a higher quality product. So that's why there's a little bit extra of a cost, right? Cause a lot of people don't see that. Yeah. Um, and an appraiser will, Yeah, mm-hmm. an appraiser will. So I think it's important that you do know and, and, and two, like if you walk into a listing appointment and you're asking your client, well, what kind of countertop is this? Well, what kind of, I mean, <laughs> they yeah. got to be looking at you going, 
What do you mean? What? Like, why are you asking me this? And then two, just from our side, if we're just talking about us in general, sitting here and you're filling out MLS, filling out your listing and being able to do that more thoroughly. Like, I know that that's just a logistical thing, um, but it is important and you can fill it out with more confidence and knowing what stuff is and I don't know. I, I think it's There's important. There's brokers that have lost their license over misfilling out the, the MLS, right? misrepresentation. Yeah. yeah. And maybe some, not lost their license, but got fined heavily and had to buy a new AC because they said it was a new AC. Right? Yeah. So. Someone was telling me too today, well, I was telling them I was coming to speak with you and they're like, oh my gosh, are you going to talk about land? And and they had told me that most E&O, um, I guess, claims I are on land that. sales. Really? Did y'all know that? I did not I know that. Totally I could see like that. it being like survey issues, yes. misdisclosure, like that, that type of stuff. I cannot remember. I want to say it was Ramon that had told me. Anyways, he, I, I want to say that he was saying that as we were all going off of another meeting. And I was like, I didn't even know that. But so there, there you go. It's even more important mm-hmm. that you learn and know and get with. If you don't know, then find somebody that does know or does have a passion about it and learn about it because it... It is important. And, and two, you look, you look so much smarter to your client. Like don't play the dumb card. And you, you build that confidence in yourself as a professional, right? You're, you feel more confident taking on bigger challenges because you've done that foundational work, right? Yeah, I think so. But you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just the weird girl that played in the dirt when I was little (laughs) and still love the dirt. So yeah. Well, but look at, look at what you've built from that, huh? Yeah, no. And I, I I mean, I do feel like we've been so blessed and and how Jeff and I came together and he builds and I do what I do and then getting my license. And I never in a million years thought that I would be sitting with you guys today and here, you know, selling as many units as I have. And they weren't for million homes. This was complete. This was either land or resale. And and I. How many units are you at in your first year? um, I think I am at 23. I'm at 10 million. Wow. To give you an idea, and I'll be... Uh, That's very... Imp- for your first year in real estate? Yeah, first year in real estate. That is badass. That's impressive. Yeah. Right. I, I was really excited, and it, and I keep getting asked, like, how did you do that? And I just tell people I'm loud. I mean, I don't know really how <laughs> else to tell you. Like, there wasn't just this plan of what it was. I literally just started telling everybody. I mean, I would be in the grocery store and be like, okay, yeah, I'm a realtor now. Like, like it was a, it was a really big deal. This is a big deal. I'm a realtor. Here's my card, you know, or at church, I would tell everybody I play bass guitar and sing at church. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm a realtor now. You know, like, I don't know what I thought. I thought if I thought it was the same as Beyonce or what, but to (laughs) me it was, oh yeah, no, I'm a custom home builder and I'm a realtor. Like I'm a really big deal. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Like you're, you want folks <laughs> well, to go out and do that. And some are just so right. scared to do it. And they're not, yeah, they're not proud of like, Hey, I actually have this. I'm, I have the ability to help you with this or I have the ability yeah. to grow my business. They're like, I don't want to tell anybody. And I'm like, it's the worst mindset ever. You need to be like how you were. Hey, yeah. I'm a, I'm, I know my builds and I also can sell you a house. Like, you know, come yeah. talk to me. And so that, that was being, literally how things okay. went. People just started saying, Hey, do you want to sell my house? Do you want to sell my house? Do you want to? You want to do this? You want to, you know, and, and all of a sudden I had buyers and I was like, I, I ha- sure. And I had, oh my gosh, if I could tell new people anything, I had no idea what I was doing as a broker. Because if you think 
staging and building a home translates to a purchase agreement, a listing agreement, a 5101, a 2100, a 23. I mean, good gracious. I had no idea. And school doesn't teach you that. Nope. You don't learn that when you go to Kaplan, Red School, wherever you went. Mm -hmm. You don't know any of that. And And if I... If I, oh my gosh, if I could share anything with anybody is one, don't be a secret agent, tell everybody and two, fall on your face. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I called my QB and like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I screwed this up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he was like, yeah, you did, but it can be fixed with an amendment. Yep. <laughs> you know, so, one thing as a uh, being in leadership roles is we love the people that ask us questions. Sure. More than, because the. Those are the only people that are doing business. If you're not asking us, if you're not asking us a question, there's a high chance you're not doing any business because there's you don't know everything in real estate. No. And there's no way to know everything in real estate. No. If you're not like every transaction is different. So if you're not asking a question, I know you're not doing business. You know. And if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning like from things. Yeah. Same thing. So like we have brokers all the time. They're like, yeah, our broker the other day was like, uh, I really screwed up. I screwed up bad. And I'm like, oh, what'd you do? And, you know, coming up with the solution, they're learning about here was the mistake, here was the thought process to get to the solution. So then next time when there's something comparable to it, you can learn from it. Mm. And I think so many brokers want to do things by themselves and not ask questions. There's so many that are like, no, I, I needed to just do it on my own. I'm like, do what on your own? You don't know what you don't know. Why would you do that? Why would you put yeah. yourself in that situation? Talk to, like you say, talk to somebody else. Or that somebody knows it. spends like three days trying to figure out the answer instead of just asking somebody who knows, right? Like, yeah. I hate that. That's a pet peeve of mine. Or Googling it. Yeah. Don't Google it. God. Ask a seasoned realtor. Because for the most part, I mean, of course, every industry has those that that are not kind. Yeah. Um, but I would say for the most part in this industry, there are a lot of kind people that will help you, even if you're not part of the same brokerage, mm-hmm. if you're not in the same building. Like, just ask. And and if you mess it up, mess it up. I mean, and I, my one of my TCs, she's amazing. And this is kind of a funny story too. I, she was our church secretary and I walked in and I was like, I hate what I do. I literally hate being a TC, but you would be good at it. Why don't you get your license? And she, she calls me a couple of days later and she's like, I think I'm going to do it. And so um, she does it. And I'm telling you, she's top notch. Yeah. She is top notch. People think she's been doing it 10, 15 years and she's not even eight months into this. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so finding those people, that would be the other thing. Don't y'all think find, yeah, find your those, team. Yeah. Find yeah, those find people that are stronger at something than you are. Yeah. I was just uh, talking about how, um, as a leader, I always wanted to be the smartest person. Right. But as I've actually formed into a leader, I realized that I don't want to be the smartest person. Mm-mm. Right. You always want to have somebody better than you. You want to know the majority but you don't want to know everything. You want to have those people to step in and, and really be that person. I think it's incredibly important. There is, there's a book, Multipliers, and she says, find the genius. Multipliers. Multipliers, yeah. Do you know the author? Uh, Wiseman, something Wiseman. Wiseman. Okay. I have it on my phone. He's going to listen to it tonight. But <laughs> Multipliers, yeah, um, was recommended to me. And I, I mean, I've been to Zig Ziglar, I've been to all kinds of stuff because in TV and radio, you still sales, right? I yeah. mean, it, it really sells. does translate across everything, but she always says, find the genius in other people. And I'm like, okay, well, what do they have that I don't? Well, you know, they they definitely are organized. I'm not organized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not detail oriented. 
but I will go and talk to a brick wall. If we think we can sell the brick wall something, I will go and speak to it about it. And, and, and so finding all those different personalities, I think, I think are fun too. And, and I, I think if you're in your first year, find them, find those people that are better that, than what you do. Yeah. Cause there's a reason you're in this, right? There's a reason. Maybe you loved homes. Maybe you love people. Maybe you want to help people get out of, of, uh, renting or even poverty and, and be able to, to own a home. Maybe your heart's for that, whatever it's for, then find somebody that can help you do that. Find, talk to t- escrow agents, talk to lenders, talk to everybody and drive them crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. I do it constantly and they should have never given me their cell phone numbers, but they did. <laughs> and that's their fault, that's right? Their fault. <laughs> like they're bad. <laughs> so, you know, don't be afraid to do those things. Don't be afraid to fail because you're going to, right? I mean, I can't imagine that every deal y'all have done has gone perfect. No, oh, absolutely God, no. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like this week. Yeah. You know, so. So, yeah, I mean, just find, like, we always say, like, we want to find someone that has the business that we want or is close to the business that we want and then follow. For us, it was either get in direct contact with them or if that wasn't an option, follow absolutely every single thing they do. Yeah. And, like, or just try to understand it. what they're doing right? mm-hmm. and where their thought process is. Because yeah. in no way am I trying to reinvent the wheel, right? But I want to understand how that wheel's turning. Yeah. Um, so you've been in, I mean, this is a journey, right? You've been yeah. on this journey for, for a little bit now. And you know, just as much as everybody else that's in this industry, is that uh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of hard times. What I always revert back to your why, right? Your why is what kind of carries you through. What What would you say your why is? Um, I would say our why, I'm going to say ours because mine and Jeff's, our why was to, we do want to be at a place where we can live out and run stuff still, but, and have that, you know, independence monetarily, financially. Um, that was our why was, was to be out in nature. We love it. We hike all the time. We, you know, we have land, we love to fish and we wanted to be able to do that more. And I think that that's always what's pushing us, you know, and we, we got six kids almost last ones going through high school and, and we're at that age where we're almost empty nesters. And so our why for a long time was just, dear Lord, please let them graduate yeah. and, them out. and let's feed them. Mm-hmm. And so now we're at this different place where we're, you know, we last one's leaving. She's got a year and a half left. Mm-hmm. And so my why is different and, I th- and it's okay for your why to change, right? Yeah. So our why now is how do we continue to um, teach other people how do we get another generation going and and have them continue our our legacy and still is there a way to make money mm-hmm. doing that and maybe doing some dual living which we wouldn't be very far because we we actually love new mexico i think it's yeah. one of the most beautiful states in the in the it really union. is it's kind of like a like a secret amongst the nation I feel yeah like. i i have been asked before how i like living out of the country i had um an actual transaction once I was in California and I needed to wire some money had to do with a a flip and they kept saying, no, you you're right by Cuba. We have sanctions and or something. And I was like, what? And I said, Cuba, New Mexico. And this was a flip in Placidas. And I was like, no, this is New Mexico and Cuba's at least an hour away. Like I'm not in 
Yeah. And it wasn't even translating. <laughs> so finally, I, he was like, no, the country, y'all, we can't do wires. And I'm like, um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Placidas, New Mexico. Like, can we get a map out? Yeah. <laughs> and so they would not wire the money because they, they thought, thought you were Mexico. No, they thought I was oh, in Cuba. In Cuba. Oh, my God. It's like, Really? And this is a this is a, a an employee of a national bank. You know, this is not. So happens, yeah, we've had a couple of those. Often, yeah. Those stories are real. I thought you guys yeah. were joking when you had. No, no, no. Like people that. are like, oh, we're you know, was it hard to get your green card or things like that? Or oh like, yeah, you speak English really well, and it's just like, yeah. thank you, thank See, you. I'm from I Boston. Speak, I'll be still honest. learning. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea people lived in New Mexico. I was such like a I'm an East Coaster, and we don't know anything about like the West. We mm-hmm. were in our own little hole. And so when he would tell me stories like that, he would say, yeah, someone would talk about green card. I'm like, no one's, no one's dumb enough to think that New Mexico isn't part of the States. And, and then I started seeing it and I was like, yeah, how, what, how do you not know like the 50 States of the country that you live in? Yeah. It was crazy. Now, so our I oldest went that. into the Navy and um, she got accepted into the nuclear program and you can't, I mean, the amount of just other sailors that she met that were like, so how do you, you're from New Mexico, but you're still able to serve in still the Navy? America? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh are, seriously, people, everybody that's listening, and we should share this with everybody, please make sure your children know all 50 states. Yeah, Cheaper, seriously. They, they don't. My mom was raised in Grants, New Mexico, and when she first went off to Lubbock to school, there was this whole mess of, you know, how does she come from in out of country in country to to go to college (laughs) it's like this is just the dumbest this has been years i mean this is my mom going back to school i mean 74 i think she went to 73 or 74 she she went she was a from grants and yeah so no i just think it's hilarious hilarious i did not I didn't know people. Didn't but maybe we shouldn't tell anybody. I know, right? Just keep it a secret. Right. It's nice. What are we like? 316 days of sun on average. It's amazing. And even though today is kind of an ugly day, this, this is rare, right? We usually have sunshine. Our winters are mild. Your summers are crisp. And no. And I, I mean, I go visit my mom in East Texas and I get out and my hair is like, you know, like I look like a poodle. I guess you can't see that on a podcast, can you? (laughs) So imagine a poodle exploding. That's what my hair looks like in East Texas. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and it's humid. And so then I get back here and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. And I grew up in West Texas, so it's very dry too. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I, I I don't know if we tell everybody, I mean, I want to tell them that it's a great state, but then maybe we don't tell them. It could help our industry a little bit. It could help our industry. (laughs) But do we want everybody here? I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence for sure. So where uh, where do you see yourself in real estate in the next five years? Because oh you've blown gosh. up in the first year. I mean, where- <laughs> I don't know. I hope that I can continue it. I mean, I feel like it was such a stellar year and it's not even over yet. Um, I think in the next five years, I really hope that my role is more, um, I'm going to use the term motherly. Because that's how I feel about the brokers that have had faith in me, even though I've only been in this a year and have come along behind. I really hope that I am um, continuing to help them succeed. I hope that they have faith in me, that, that I believe in them and I believe they can do that. And I hope more people, I hope more young people come on 
and do this. And, and, and that's really kind of my goal because I, I, uh, a pet peeve of mine is this whole millennial talk or, oh, these young people today. And, and I don't know about everybody else or if this is just my experience or I, maybe I'm the scary mother and they're doing what I'm at, what I'm asking them to do because they're afraid I'll beat them. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that, that could be. I don't, I haven't asked them yet, but I just think they're amazing. And I have, you know, a 20 year old, two 20 year olds all the way up to probably a 35 year old. And that's the majority on this group. And I hope to leave a legacy of these young people that are working hard. They're busting their tails and, and they're amazing to me and they're not lazy and they're not entitled. And I hate all those terms because it's not true that that may be somebody you met, but that is not to me the overall theme of everybody. And I'm so tired of hearing about that. And, and I have kids that work hard. We expect our kids to have a job. I mean, our 16 year old works two jobs and still goes to school. And awesome. so that is that work ethic is something that's important to me, but I didn't raise these, these young people that are with but me. But I think leadership comes from the, the head, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I think you create that example of this is what hard work is and yeah. they follow in that. Cause like I would love, cause I am a millennial, right? Right. Um, I would love to say that we're not lazy, but our unemployment rate is just mm-hmm. outrageous right now. Right. Yeah. And, and there's tons of jobs, right? There and is. so it, there is entitlement within that. So I'm not discrediting what you're saying, yeah. but I do think it's more based on you and the person that you are, you're yeah. creating these people, these peers. And, and then maybe have, yeah, we speak yeah. to that, that generation, Kiki, we, that mm-hmm. my, okay. So I'm, I'm about to be 47. I, we speak to that generation and instead of, you know, instead of talking down to, yeah. Let's lead them through mm-hmm. what inspire it took. Them. Let's yeah. inspire them because we didn't get to this place of having the assets we have to having the money that we have to spend. We didn't get to this place by doing nothing. Let me show you how we got here. Yeah. Yes. It didn't happen overnight. And 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 we we've expected that out of our children. I mean, our 23-year-old, she's out of the Navy now. She found out she had MS and so she came home, she bought a house, she finished her degree in two and a half years, and now she's headed off to University of North Carolina to do another degree and a master's. And And so I'm very proud of them. But yeah. I, we did that on purpose. And and I think uh, when people are like, oh, your kids, they're doing this or doing that. Yeah, we did that on purpose. We expected that out of them. I expect that out of my team. I think they're amazing for a reason. And if they don't follow suit with that, I have no problem saying we're not a good fit. Yeah. Because I expect you to work. I don't sleep that often. I work seven days a week. I am exhausted. I am old. So I need you guys to get busy. And But I don't have to ask them that. And I, I'm so proud of them. And I think, I think you're, I mean, I don't, that sounds like I'm tooting my horn. I don't mean to, but I do think leadership. And I do think my generation, instead of whining about it, let's do something about oh, it. Yeah. And I love that you say that though, because, you know, we have a team as well. And, you know, lead by example, right? So, like, if you are – and there's a lot of places, like, Stefan was talking about, you know, in the past he's been places where, you know, his higher-ups were saying do X, Y, and Z, and they would just sit in their office. So it's very different where you have your team and you're showing them that you're not sleeping, you're not stopping, you're going a mile – like, 100 miles a minute, and then you're expecting that of them because that's what you're doing and you guys are a unit and you should be doing it together. And I think so many – 
you know, people that have teams or, or ownership or people that go on teams don't see that from leadership or they don't take the time to see that and they don't, I guess, do the, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, no, 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 I, I 100%. Like, one, you you have to lead by example. Yeah. But you also can't, and this is, I love this, and I'm going to credit, Jack Sheehan said this in a class I was in this last weekend. He said, don't expect if you're not willing to inspect, right? And that's that really resonated with me because as leaders, we do expect a lot. Yeah. And if you're not willing to actually check in and, and hold people accountable, then like you can't get mad at them for not for not doing it. For not yeah. doing it. Right? I just well, picked up one of his students, by the way. So yeah. I'm ex- I'm excited for about her. Oh no, and he's a he's a great teacher. I think yeah. they should do they should do well. I'm hoping she will. She's very young too, but I, I'm excited about her. And I do think to just circle back around to that, that you guys need to be and I need to be we and maybe we as leaders need to be holding each other accountable. We should be the top producers yes. in our company. And I do hand off clients to those below. And that's another thing I think leaders should be doing is you need to let your people win. Give them a win. Yeah. Yep. And if you're not, and I've and I've seen teams where they just hold everything and it's like they cherry pick. It's their name that has to be on everything. It's their they're the headliner and in MLS, you wouldn't know they had anybody on the yeah. team. And so let your people shine. Let them win. Throw some deals their way. You know, maybe you do. Everybody knows splits. It's in the team. Maybe the split's different because it's your SOI. But give them a win. How are they ever going to learn to get through that if we're not giving them a win? Yeah. And so that is one of the things in, 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 that in, on my team is that it, I'm giving you the ability to do this. I'm going to walk you through this. And there's actually other people that are more seasoned on me. I have the opportunity to have someone that has done this for years. They're not doing it anymore and is able to coach. How do we create SOI? How do we get through this process? I have amazing TCs, but at the same time, you're expected still to be at everything. Like this is not, I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm not going to show up for you, but I do want you to win. And I want you to feel what it's like to win. Yeah. At the same time, I still need to be the top producer on my team. So it's a, you it's know, a lot it's, of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of balancing. And on top of that, we have a construction company we're still running. So it's it's definitely crazy. But I, I like what you have to say. Like you, you do need to lead by example. Let your people win. Show them how to win. You guys are obviously winners. You know, we people in this industry know you too. This is not... I wasn't shocked by your names when I saw you posting podcast. I'm immediately like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? You know, I'm listening. <laughs> so I was all excited. And and that's why I reached out to you guys because I wanted you to know I loved it. And if you ever wanted me to come on and talk about land, because that's know, so, so exciting. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes for a good podcast like dirt. Um, yeah, the, that we should, that we do that, that we share mm-hmm. that, that we hold each other accountable and that, that we're kind to each other. Yeah. And then they'll see that your team will see that. And I hope my team sees that too. I think they do. I think they know that I would go to the mat for them. Like I'm a ride or die. Like see, I'm going to pull my hoops off in the alley and we'll get, we'll get down. Nah, if we're we need the to. same. Type we're of the way, same. Yeah. You yeah. know, we, we protect them to a, a little bit too much of a degree. We'll, we'll go to bat for them. And I think you're right with the win. Like when we, you know, we had a couple of team members in the past that, you know, were really struggling and it was like, okay, they need a win. So whether it means you just take this lead that you, is ready to go. Here you go. And let's do this together. They need a win. They need to see that was like, uh, taste the blood, <laughs> like yeah. feel like what it feels mm-hmm. like to actually have a deal. 
make the deal happen and then like be successful at it. And I think that that's such a good point to have is like, you got to just as a leader, you know, you, you're taking from your pot and you're giving it to someone else and you're harnessing their career. And once they see that, they get excited. They feel like they're a part of something and then they're going to produce well for you because they're happy where they're at. And yeah. I think that's really, really important. It's a hard balance to have as a team leader because mm-hmm. you have your business, like you said, you have to lead by example, which means you still got to kick their button numbers because you, you're the top producer. But then you have to also train them and make sure that their business is going well, keep their morale up, keep them accountable without yelling at them all the time. Um, and it's, it is a really hard balance to, to have. So I'm impressed that you were able to do that within your first year. Cause it took us a while to kind of get the formula of it for sure. Yeah. And you know, it's running a team or running people is not new for me. It was just translating it to, to real estate, you know, and, and, and translating it to brokers, I think. So, you know, that it doesn't, it is, yes, it is my first year, but it was not my first time to try to teach people and mentor people. And I think I've always loved that since, yeah. since a young age. And, and I do, I think it's great. I think you guys have, have done a, a wonderful job and it's cute to see all your, all your stuff. I shouldn't say that. I know I always do the mother's side. Y'all are so cute. <laughs> well, thank you. We'll take you. That's fine. <laughs> um, well, uh, one thing I want to ask, um, so first year in real estate, what would you say your style of getting business is? I know you mentioned shouting from the mountaintop. <laughs> yeah, I would say one is the, the number one thing is don't be a secret agent. Like nobody should be guessing that you're a broker yeah. and everybody is on social media now for the most part. Right. So put it out there. Like how, how, if I'm a new broker, I just left my career in whatever it may be. How do I engage my SOI, COI? Yeah. Okay. Your, that's your a, audience. That's a great question. So, um, you know, one of the first things I would do is once I got my, scores that I passed. Like I would literally be doing a video. Oh my gosh, I just, I just passed. Here's my scores. I'm going to be a realtor. Like you should be from that very moment, from the moment, or if you're in school, I'm in school. I think I'm going to die. I don't care about an appurtenance. I don't even, who cares if this is rapportal, littoral, all those things we learned, you know, like start all the way there. If you're in school right now, start talking about that. Share your story. Yeah. Journey. Like, oh my gosh, I really, this was great today or today. No, I barely kept one eye open and one eye closed as I slept through whatever that was. That was boring as all get out. Like I would just be telling people from the very beginning, (laughs) as soon as I passed my test, I would be telling people, I just passed my test. As soon as I joined a brokerage, oh my gosh, I just joined this brokerage. I'm going to bleed this color, whatever it is, or I'm going to do this. And then every single thing I would do that. But in between Make sure you share your life because, um, again, I was taught this by by another broker, is that nobody cares. If, if Go back and look at how at, if you posted something personally, like I could post something about the dogs that I've rescued and I have a Mastiff doing a slow motion thing because she's a weirdo. She's a crackhead and it'll have 300 likes. Mm-hmm. And then I'll post that I have this beautiful home on and it'll have two. I was literally just talking about that the other day. I was like, how is it that like the babies and the dog and the llamas get more love than we do? And that's right. so true. You have so balance that. So yeah. that's the one thing I would do. I would still put out there what I'm doing. I would call other brokers, maybe within your brokerage and say, hey, can I do an open house or can I, 
you know, put out there that you're, I would love to do a tour. I would love to take everybody on a tour of this house. I'm a broker now. Does anybody want to go? There's open houses. Mm -hmm. Who wants to go with me? I would go to open houses. And I I mean, that's what I did as I just, I I think uh, a lot of brokers get in and they're just like, I'm just going to sell houses. Right. And they totally miss that. There's so many different niches within real estate. And if you learn enough of each of them, you can find one that you actually like, right? Like you like land. A lot of people don't like land, right? But you like it. So now yeah. you can be proficient and you can stand out in that niche as the person for that. And since you have a building company, I think that kind of flows yeah. pretty Huge, well yeah. into it. Um, but yeah, I, I just think uh, if you're a new broker tuning in, you know, look into the different options within real estate. You know, there's there's a lot out there and, you know, coming from flipping, right? Did you do wholesaling as well? We did not do any wholesaling. We okay. would, yeah, we would just buy foreclosures and then, then resell them. See, and even that, right? Like there's people that just, that their main targets foreclosures or redemption mm-hmm. rights or, you know, they, it's just, yeah. real estate is so much more than just a house. Yeah. So take the time, learn it, be curious. I think the other huge thing is like, I was talking about this earlier, every, but every single person that we've had on the podcast talks about continually learning, being curious. I think that's such a there's such a divide from the agents that are very successful, do well and people, you know, look up to as opposed to the others that are just kind of dabbling because they're constantly in classes, they're constantly learning, they're curious about things. So they answer their phone, they, answer they their open phone. their emails. <laughs> but the thing is is that the biggest thing is the education part. Everyone that's successful is like I need to learn this, I want to ask questions, I'm curious, I want to learn this. And there's such a difference because that is just an ongoing theme with people that are successful is that they're in class. So when I have brokers that are like, oh, well, I took the purchase agreement class two years ago. Cool. It's changed 22 times since you took it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you took it a few months ago, but why aren't you taking it again with a different teacher? They could teach you something different. Yeah. Or I already took a lead gen class. Okay, well, you took lead gen on this. Why not this? And they just, I don't know. I think people learning. look at it as like, why well, did that rather than what can I get out of that? Right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I'll read a book four or five times because every time I get something different out of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I th- definitely stay curious, learn as much as you can. Stay and again, class. don't be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, don't you think people are just completely frozen by that fear of failure? Yeah. And that's never been me. So I don't, I can't really relate with it because I will literally look like an idiot doing something. You and me <laughs> like, <both>. Yes. <laughs> and it's usually loud and it's usually ridiculous and it, you know, causes problems, but I'll do it, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll probably mess up again next week, but don't be afraid to fall on your face because this industry is so confusing. It's so convoluted. There's so many laws. There's so many personalities Like you can't expect everything to go perfect. If you do, you are going to be miserable in this industry. You better be ready for stuff to go crazy and be the calm one that's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. And I have no idea. So then I'm over on the phone going, how are we going to figure this out? (laughs) You know, so call somebody. I had something with a electrical, just this house that's closing tomorrow. And and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is happening that every time they vacuum it it's popping. And so I went home and I'm telling Jeff and he's like, Janelle, that's normal because city of Rio Rancho changed the codes and you have to have these 15 amp arc something or another. I'm not going to try to electrical ease y'all. And he said, so certain vacuum cleaners arc above that and they pop them. And so they can buy a different vacuum cleaner or they can change them out. But 
An electrician can't do it because it has to pass code in Rio Rancho. So I'm, I'm looking at them and they're like, we can't vacuum any other rooms. We don't. And in early occupancy, oh my gosh, oh, the cuss word sure. in our industry, right? You let them early occupy and they find everything, everything wrong. wrong with the house. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I'm like, it's not a big deal. You know, sometimes stuff just pops. I'll go pop it back and test <laughs> it. And I took pictures. And and so I'm like, then I'm, my brother's an electrician. or And I've done this to him before. You know, luckily I'm married to a GB98 and he knows all these people. And I'm calling him. I'm like, what are we going to do? But I'm in the face going, oh, it's this is not a problem. You guys are, this is a beautiful home. Look yeah. where you're at. We're already here. Your trucks are here. What yeah. are you going to do? Load them back up, you know? Like, this is a simple fix. Yeah. What if it wasn't? You know, I don't know. But I was ready to, I was ready to die on that hill that it was a simple fix. And it turns <laughs> out it is a simple fix. Yeah. Thank goodness, right? But you have to be willing to fight through some of the silliest things. And maybe they're not silly. It is a big deal to them. They don't want to be in a home where the electric never can't works. <laughs> you can't vacuum your home. But you have to be willing to work through just things you know and and stuff and ick and it's upset clients always like literally you're constantly problem solving in this industry and yeah. people don't realize that and it's just yeah i say we're firemen i actually have a full-time fireman on my team and i'm always like yeah we're firemen we're constantly putting out fires always always putting out fire do you not feel like you're constantly putting out fires that's all we're doing like at all times and when you have a team you're putting out their fires too yeah <laughs> which we've noticed it's just and it's just the name of the game. The industry is always changing. No deal is the same. And that's why I think like just having a network of people that you can talk to and bounce ideas off of or go to when shit hits the fan, then like you're you're in a good spot. Yeah. Well, and it, it means you're moving forward, right? We talked mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. If, you're, if you're not running into issues, you're obviously not doing it right, in my exactly. opinion. <laughs> you always got to stay moving forward yeah. some way, somehow. Well, um, Janelle, what, real quick, why don't you give a plug of your, your social, your Website, business, all, all that, that stuff. stuff. Oh, what I do? All mine? Yeah. All your stuff so people can social follow you. Social media plug. Oh, how, how do yeah, because I'm such a social media. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was like, you need to get on Instagram and you need to get on Twitter. And so um, I only have Facebook. So <gasps> you can find me on Facebook. Janelle Vermillion. Vermillion Homes is on there. And NM, New Mexico Realtor Group, is on there, too. So... Look us up on Facebook. I think we're on other things. I have this amazing so NM VA. Realtor Group. NM Realtor Group. That's okay, my group. And then yeah. your the home building is Vermilion. Vermilion Homes. Vermilion just Vermilion Homes. homes. Okay. And, and then if you just mostly on Facebook. Yeah, All I right. think that, that my VA does some stuff for me on Instagram. <laughs> I do not know how to get on Twitter. Um, but I couldn't even tick your talk if I wanted to. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my kids send me those videos and I'm like, that's awesome. What, like, what is this? <laughs> so yeah, you don't, Hey, guess what? You don't have to be super knowledgeable about social media to have a winning year either. <laughs> no, but that, go. what a good point though. I think everybody gets so intimidated with technology and all this stuff. But if you just start stay true to the roots of, you know, face to face communication and relationships, yeah. you, you'll find success, right? Be genuine, be who you are. And if you're not a Twitter person, then don't twit. Yeah. Or if you're not a TikTok, then don't talk, you know, so far. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, you don't have to do it. But if you want to find me, I'm on Facebook or, you know, I'm at the office. You're always welcome to come and visit me. On, I'm on Jefferson. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much for, yeah. for joining us. So last minute, but thank you. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for tuning in <laughs> to the Simply Podcast. Uh, 
please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell all your friends. And then uh, don't forget to like the YouTube channel of Simply Real Estate. Uh, we have new content every week. Like, subscribe, share that as well. I uh, look forward to seeing you guys next time.